You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good afternoon, good afternoon. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell here alongside Gary A. McGowan and you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast, one of the best podcasts around. And we have a special guest in the studio dialing in, someone that we had on in season one. He's back again, the man himself. Gary, go ahead and introduce our guest today. I don't know if I want to. Should I? <laughs> the Q man. The Q man. <laughs> You're right. I think so. Here's b- before we we bring Q man on. Um, I was about to say I think this is the number one podcast in my house. However, I better not say that because if Jen's listening, because I do I do a, I do do another podcast with my good friend Jen Silvernagel. So, but of course she's listening. She listens to everything that we do. Isn't <laughs> yes, my friends. I am really really pumped to introduce. Uh, so he doesn't know this, but he is the one and only, the first ever uh, returning returning guest we've ever had to our show. Quinton D'Souza, how are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> good. <laughs> All right. How's it going, guys? Good, good, good. Is that painted black? Is that what we're listening to? What, what, a little ACDC? Uh, what was thunderstruck. it? Thunderstruck. Of course it was. How could I be so wrong? <laughs> Very good, my friend. Yeah, you are. I don't. So I don't know if we're pumping up your ego or what, but you are our first returning guest. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I can tell you today it's a great thing. It's a great thing. Awesome. It's good. And you know what? You're protected this time, right? No silly string. I can't throw anything. Like everything's okay. You're you're safe in your own place, and Colin's safe over there. And so now, you know, everybody's okay. Yeah, but you know, I did. I, I did want to share something with everybody. I have like a, another background I wanted to share. Can could, could I? Uh, can oh, here I we expand go. out the screen a little go. bit? Oh yeah, look at this. Black, white, and sometimes brown. Here we go. The black, white, and sometimes brown real estate podcast. I love it. Love it. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Right, it's well, always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure Thanks to have you. Me. I do appreciate it. I, I do like uh, coming out and sharing with you and, and kind of going through what's going on in my head. And also, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to drop a few knowledge bombs and, and let people, uh, you know, know what I'm doing, but also hopefully help them to, to invest in real estate. That's where I focus. But I've got a, a bit of a background in real estate. So I wanted to share a little bit about that. I've won a lot of awards. I've been on a lot of media, including this podcast some television and radio. I've published uh, four books. Um, they're all available on Amazon. Uh, 13th year it being the chief education officer of Durham REI. And uh, I'm part of the entrepreneur organization and I have been accepted into Tiger 21 as well. So there's uh, a couple of different uh, you know, bits about myself. Uh, what I am not, I'm not uh, a realtor. I'm not selling property management or deals. I'm not a lawyer or an accountant. I am an award-winning educator, uh, real estate investor, multiple book author, and 
I'm not a coach anymore, um, and I'm an active investor. This uh, by July, I'll have 80 million um, in assets under management and approaching 400 units. So that'll be uh, really good. You know, I I used to be a teacher. That was uh, I didn't actually look like I, I like that, right? But <laughs> I just. Using some examples here, like I was on the Sunshine List in Ontario, which is public sector workers who uh, earn over $100,000. And I left that in 2014 uh, to focus on uh, real estate full time. And I encourage everybody to uh, to double their income using real estate investing. Um, I think it's a great way of doing it. I mean, uh, you, ha you have uh, Gary and, and, and uh, Colin that can help, uh, you know, you invest in real estate for sure, put you on the right track. And I think that's a, a great place to for you to, to gain your wealth. Uh, we'll talk about different ways of, of you know, creating uh, sources of income, but I, I really want to advocate this because if you can create other sources of income for yourself you you can give yourself choice right and um, that's what I what I always want to encourage people to do to have choice and I, I kind of share it in a graph like where is it right here so like uh, if you if you take a graph like this and you look at you know the sources of income that you have like if you have like a salary or commission or you have real estate cash flow whatever it is um, you know if you were to list all your sources of income right what would happen if you took the primary source of income and crossed it out what would happen to you would you be stuck or would you have options, right? And I want everybody to have options. I want people to have different options when it comes to their life. And, you know, I, I say never re rely on one source of income. So that's uh, just, I wanted to get us started in the right direction anyways. So I hope that, uh, I hope I didn't like Shanghai everything and, uh, you know, just take over. But I wanted to kind of give people uh, an idea of like what my mission is here and, and hopefully we'll help some of them to do that. I love it. Um, so here's what I love about it. So here, here's the bio I was about to read. So we'll, we'll, we'll just throw that out of the window. <laughs> All right. That's what I like. Uh, that's and you know what I always loved about Quentin Colin, while while he's Tell listening me. into our conversation, he always comes prepared. And even even that when so you know, even when it's just to pick up the phone and have a, a quick conversation with Q Man, whether it's been six months or six days, he always picks up right where we left off, my man. And that's what I always appreciate about about you. And and I love. I I think one of the biggest things out of that Quentin is, you know, you love sharing, you love teaching, and you love practicing what you're preaching and and you know we've known each other the three of us have probably known each other for you know almost close to 10 years now and or, or maybe it's been longer in fact you've always been like that so keep that going because it it it, it rises the tide around everyone else as well and and uh, everyone's success as well cool Okay, where do we want to start? That's the that's the beauty of this. Well, well with that being said, Gear, um, Q Man mentioned a lot of stuff there, and he mentioned about multiple streams of income, and I would almost like to start off there. However, I know I'm about to say something that is going to tick a lot of people off, and I want to say 
A Wait, do you want a drum mistake. roll? I can get you a drum roll first if you want. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Oh, sure. no, wrong one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, one of the biggest mistakes is trying to have multiple streams of income. Hear me out. Hear me out. And I, I truly believe a big mistake is everyone trying to have multiple streams of income. I truly believe uh, multiple streams of income is a tool that the rich use to continue to build wealth versus not just the tool to get rich. Um, again, let me explain. Um, with multiple streams of income, I truly believe you need to execute on one level first, be proficient there, and then create a second stream. Because we know the, the, the old saying, you know, um, where you jack of all trades, uh, something of none, master right? Of none. Ma- yeah. Ma- yeah. Master of none, right? You, you don't necessarily just want to go out there and start creating multiple businesses and you haven't created one successful business. So I think what we're going to be going through here today is years of Quinton working and building up and being secure in that business before he moves on. So I just want to at least share my thought there. How do you feel about what I just said there, Q? I, I think I think you're on the, the right track and we probably aren't going to disagree on that. I think if you look at my the way that the sources of income that I have, they're all related to real estate or, or quite are, are mostly related to real estate, if anything, right? Um, you know, when I um, when I uh, if I did this graph uh, six years ago or seven years ago, I may have include house flipping as as an income source, whereas I, I don't have that now because I, I I tend to be uh, not as active. I don't want to be, um, you know, uh, doing project management or doing that sort of thing when I'm thinking about my real estate investing. But uh, yes, definitely, you know, have all your eggs in one basket and watch that basket is good especially to to get started and to keep your wealth you know you want to have different streams of income coming in but i think that it it's not necessarily like it's not necessarily that you have to focus on uh, creating different streams of income. If you're creating or you're focusing on a specific asset class, usually other streams of income come along. So like, let's use real estate as an example. If I'm focused on, you know, buying single family homes, renting them out or duplexes or triplexes, you know, I'm also probably going to take property management as an income source, or I'm going to maybe become a realtor and and have that as part of my income source. They may be interrelated along the same category. um, And although you're, um, I think that you have to be careful that you're not just creating more jobs for yourself, uh, that whatever you're doing, you're able to scale it. Um, you know, if you're, if you're the one doing all the transacting, then you're, you're going to limit yourself. But if you create a team of people or you create a business or you create the ability to have multiple units, then you're going to be able to scale a lot better. And, um, 
um, within every asset class, there are always different ways to create income. So, for example, if you're focused on the stock market, right, you could be looking at uh, dividends as a source of income, right? And you can also be looking at option trading as a source of income. Oh, and you could be looking at long-term holds of specific stocks, or you could be looking at speculative stocks. So it, it just depends on whatever asset class you choose and then how how deep and wide you want to go. I, I think that for me, real estate has always been the primary asset class that has done well for me uh, for, for a very long time. And uh, I continue to focus on that asset class. Although I do do option trading, I do have dividends. I do have other businesses that I invest in. Um, I do have intellectual property, but the majority of my income comes from uh, 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 different sources within an asset class. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, you could look at uh, some of my after tax income that comes from cash flow from my properties. You could look at, um, you know, the refinancing that happens every year when I'm refinancing different properties. That uh, could be also the sale of an asset as well. You know, that could be part of that that process. Um, it could be that like um, uh, Durham REI or education REI where I have like, uh, you know, video training that people pay for monthly. Um, it, it could be, um, you know, the books that are related to uh, education around real estate investing. So you can see that there is that theme or my U.S. income. I've got a U.S. portfolio, right, where I'm getting income that comes from from that uh, those assets down there. So like the, and I consider that a, a different source of income, although it's still within the same asset class. And I think what you explained really, really well there, Quentin, there's a few things. There's lots that I think Colin and I can dive in on there. But but one that just jumped out at me right at the very end was, you know, many people will think like a salary, for instance, that's that's vertical income, right? It's, it's kind of one, there's only one source of income, or maybe there's one or two. And the one thing that, you know, um, one of our mentors that always talks about, Colin and I, uh, one of our mentors that we have, he always talks about that horizontal income. Right. Just as you eloquently expressed, right. Uh, everything from your intellectual, your assets, you know, the things that are paying you dividends and, and real estate. There's many different ways to earn money in real estate, but getting it spread this way as opposed to this way, because right off the top, you said if you take what you take away your main source of income, what happens? Well, that horizontally Nothing. speaking, right? Exactly. Nothing. You've got you've if you took away my cash flow for me every month for the next 10 years, I would be fine. If but like it's not going to affect me at all. If you if you took took away my ability to refinance on my all my properties every year for the next 10 years, I'm I'm going to be fine, right? Um so like as long as I have those different uh, horizontal income sources, I'm okay, right? But I've really focused on that on the on that uh, asset class in particular, and I think you got to be careful. It's too easy to to get, um, you know, the shiny penny syndrome where you see, oh wow, like everybody's doing this option trading stuff. I got to spend like you know ten hours a day, and and that can really it can be great if that's what you're interested in, and and then you found something that you're good at, and you know that becomes your thing. But it could also be quite distracting and it could take you away from your ability to grow and learn on something that is going to get you wealth uh, um, faster. I think that that's, uh, you know, a different 
and it, to, to each their own, right? Everybody has to find out what works best for them and what doesn't. Um, you know, I've done a lot of different things to earn income. And um, I, I, I know the difference between what feels like a job to me and what feels like um, like owning a business. And, you know, what I, I'm like, there are certain things that I feel like having, um, you know, all of these properties and units and having a business, I feel is, is a lot different than like even doing, like you can get down the rabbit hole with option trading, for example. And then, you know, you could be like eight hours a day staring at a screen and it's just like a job. Like well, the difference is you're, you're standing in front of a screen, right? Like what's the point, right? And so you have to be careful and you gotta, you gotta balance the, to decide on what you want and, and what you don't want. But, but one of the things I wanted to share, I, there's this screen here and it, this is what happens when you take the long-term view and you look at real estate, you know, instead of just having, you know, one or, um, you know, just one kind of source of income, you also have this huge asset base that you can draw from. And what happens when, when you do that is you have this, it's called infinite return and it's a beautiful thing, right? When, when you have somebody like that, that you, for example, like I will, if I take on a partner and they, um, they invest with me or you invest your own money into a, a project and, and let's say you put $100,000 into that project and then three years later, you get back the $100,000, but you still own the project, right? Same equity, same everything. What's your return? Is it 100% or is it infinite? <laughs> because I've got all my money out of it and now I am I still own the equity. I'm still making money on it and I'm still uh, taking that and using it. And, you know, the, the, that's the type of thing that I've done in the past with my partners, right? And that's what I can, uh, what I think that people can do for themselves, right? So um, when I say, when I mean like never rely on one source of income, I think that what ends up happening is that people end up looking at their job as the only source of income. And I don't think that's not, not necessarily a bad thing, but I think that what happens when you cross off the job because you lose the job because something happened, COVID happened, what happens to you? Do you have any other source of income to, you know, keep you going? Or are you waiting for the government to, to save you, right? I think that, the like, one of the things that I encourage people to do is have, like, a rental property or two rental properties. You don't have to have 10. You don't have to have 20. You know, you could have two or three rental properties that provide you, uh, you know, uh, at least a little bit of an income source, but have the ability to have that asset growth that can pay you again and again, right? That you can come back and you can you can uh, refinance it, you can access the funds from it, and you can do something different, right? 
Yeah, yeah. We, oh, we see that. Uh, we see Loeffler there. The Loeffler <laughs> guy is back. <laughs> you see, he you heckles see, most of our guests. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. We love them. Uh, one, one of the well, things that you've been time. talking along the lines of, and I want to circle back to, because I think it's incredibly important, you know, as we, as we scale any business and, and of course today we're talking about real estate, you mentioned it's important not to, you know, create jobs out of it. Right. And if you're going to create like a property management company or, or like you said earlier, you know, investing into stocks, don't make a job out of it. So talk to us a little bit about that. You know, obviously there's, there's certain things that we need within our business, but we don't want to, we don't want to use ourselves to become uh, that main employee of that business. Right. Yeah, that's right. It, it's the difference between like, um, you know, if you look at the cash flow quadrant that Robert Kiyosaki uh, shares, it's the difference between employed, self-employed, business owner, investor, right? And you want to try to get to the business owner, investor side, not the self-employed or employed side. And you you, you know how that is when you when you feel like you have to be so, like, honestly, I started to feel and it's not like I really enjoyed coaching, but I felt that coaching started to be a job for me. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I had to be somewhere at a specific time and somebody had to, you know, and if I wasn't there on that time, like, uh, like somebody was going to get mad at me. I was like, you know what? I, I, I think that I, I got to be careful. I don't want to do that. I didn't leave my job to create more jobs for myself. I wanted to create a business. So what does that mean? Well, it means that I, I, I can do things that I really enjoy, but I, I don't want to feel like I'm plugged in to specific times. The other thing I wanted to share is when you're looking at real estate investing, there are different phases of the real estate investor. I don't know if you can see that this really no, You well stay there. I'll zoom in. You keep talking. I love, oh, there you go. There you go. I can I can zoom in a little bit here. So you, like what happens is like when you start off real estate investing, you're in this building phase, right? So you're you're building the um, your portfolio. Your leverage is going to be higher. You know your cash flow is going to be lower. Um, your equity is going to be lower. You know, but as you grow as real estate investor, you'll find that your, you know, your leverage decreases because you're paying down your mortgage, your cash flow magically increases and your equity magically increases, right? And depending on where you are. So most of us are probably in the building phase or in the growth phase of real estate investing, right? Where we're, we want to buy another property, we want to continue to build. And so that's, you know, that's important to us. Um, and then we get to a certain point where we just want to pay down the asset and just have the cash flow that comes from it. Right. And those are usually the, you know, you have some older gentlemen and older ladies have owned the property for a long time. Right. And, and, you know, that's, that's where they're in the defend phase. Right. Maybe they get rid of the asset because, you know, their kids don't want to take it over and they do a VTB or something and they still get, you know, the cash flow that comes from the asset. It just looks a little different. Right. Like it just depends on, on, on where you are. But most of us start at that, you know, that building 
building phase or the and then we're, we get into this growth phase and and you know you can go through different cycles too like you can get to the point where you're you said to yourself oh i'm not going to do it anymore i'm just going to stick with what i have and that's it and then all of a sudden you know um you you, you talk to your friend and uh you know he goes out to alberta and he decides that he's going to go buy some some more units and then all of a sudden you go man i can't let him go buy some units i'm going to go buy 200 units and then he's going to have to catch up to me now so you know whatever whatever that is right you gotta you gotta figure out what 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 that is for for you but you know, I think um, real estate has a lot to offer. Uh, there are lots of different ways to make income, but um, you know, uh, I think that real estate gives you the leverage, and uh, it's just the ability to to borrow and you know supercharge your, you know what you're doing. Now, one of the things that you I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this off for a second. So, um, and one of the things that you know you want to think about is uh is when when you're when you're doing all of this right you want to consider yourself um oh are you uh and then are you a business owner or are you a capital allocator right are you so mm. because mm. tell yeah. us more about you, that yeah you, you you really got colin's attention now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because sometimes you may think of yourself as a capital allocator because you look at your assets that you have and then you look at the return on equity that you're getting for those assets and you're thinking, man, this doesn't make sense. This rental property is giving me a 3% return on the equity that I have in my property. I should sell this. I should take the capital gain tax and I should start earning 20% on this asset, right? And you know what? Then you're you're a capital allocator. You're you're, you're not worried about the those other pieces, and, you know. And that's how, that's what I talk like. Actually, a, a lot of the partners that I have who partner with me on apartment buildings, they are at the point of their investing where they're a capital allocator. They're taking funds out of sometimes they're selling uh, like a single family home or they're selling a duplex, and they know the power of real estate, but they don't want to be part of the day-to-day business of it they want to be the capital allocator and they want to get the return on equity right and so that's you know that's kind of the the piece that you know you have to decide where you are do you want to be a business owner or do you want to be uh, like an operator right are you an operator or are you a capital allocator and um, you know if you're um, this is my, my pitch if you are a capital allocator talk to me <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to help you get you into a building, right? So no, I mean, now Q, there's a lot that you said yeah. there that I would like to unpack. Um, first, you said, you know, don't go creating another job. If you're looking, you know, you're at that level where you're 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 good where you are in whatever job you have, and now you're looking at adding one more stream of income. Right. So now you said, you know, don't go creating a job because in that case, you'll be trading, you know, time for money. And what you're basically saying, let's trade money for money. Right. So right. whether it's investment, whether, whether we're investing now, that money is going to go out there and work and create more money for us. You know, the richest man in Babylon, have your monies go earn more money for you. Right. So 
Now, we're talking to that person who's listening to this podcast and is thinking, okay, that is a brilliant idea. Thank you. Light bulb went off. Where do I start? And since it's a real estate podcast show, let's start with real estate. I think so. I think I think he's got something for I this. I think yeah. he has something. <laughs> and if you're listening on the podcast, he's, we're sharing some slides on the screen, so you can all, always circle back to YouTube afterwards. But what do we got here, Quinson? What are, what have you been up to so, the last little while? So, if you want to be a capital allocator, you can be a capital allocator in a number of different ways. All you have to do is look at the yield that you're getting on your, your equity. So, what you would do is you would say to yourself, "Okay, on my single-family home, it's worth eight hundred thousand. I have a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage. I, you know, my mortgage paydown is X. My cash flow is Y, and then my appreciation is probably about a." A Z, right? And if I add those together, divide it by the equity, I can get a rate of return. Okay. And usually, if you're looking at a, like a, a property like that, your rate of return is probably less than 5% because of the mortgage pay down the cash flow at that point when you're like uh, 10 years down the road, right? I'm not talking about you just bought the property because your yield is going to be probably in the excess of 20% if you just bought the property. But if you owned it for a long time, this is what happens your return on equity drops. So as a capital allocator, what you would do is you would say to yourself, okay, if I sold this this uh, property, I took the tax hit, and I, let's say I paid a hundred thousand uh, tax hit on it, but now I can take that, um, let's say, what did we say, about five hundred thousand dollars left, but now I can earn twenty percent again or thirty percent on that money again, right? Now what I'm doing is I'm taking those funds and I'm being a capital allocator and I'm able to get a higher yield on it. And that's really what we, we wanna, where we wanna see, right? So you have to decide for yourself, like is that, you know, that's one way to do it, to be a capital allocator. The, like, um, and, uh, oh, I didn't bring so that I just graph wanted, over. Sorry. Yeah, let me interrupt you for a second there. I just want to make sure people are staying um, up up to speed with us. When we're talking, it's all about the scalability of things too, right? As we you know invest more money or invest into larger assets, the scale of economy just keeps going and going. We're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, getting a twenty percent return on five hundred thousand dollars. That's a, that's a hundred thousand dollar return. Like let's let's just kind of circle back to what that big number is. Now we're talking, right? And you can you can do a lot of things with that that type of return or that type of equity. Right. And the beauty about that in, in the type of projects that I do is that in three to five years I return the initial investment to my investors and then they can earn a return on the return, right? So like it becomes that, uh, and, and it, it's not just me, like I, I'm not special. Like, you know, if you focused on doing this and you work hard and you understand uh, prime buildings, you can do this to yourself, right? It's not that I'm the only person in the world that knows how to work on apartment buildings. You can do this with other projects as well, right? You just have to figure out, you know, if that's what you want to do, because as Colin was saying, you know, 
are you a, an operator or are you a capital allocator? So, the, you know, and that's where you want to kind of decide for yourself. What I find is that a lot of my potential partners were investors before, or they have a higher or better use, like they're doctors or they're business owners, and um, they are better to spend time there than they are to be operators again in another business. Instead, they want to be a capital allocator, take those funds, put them in a project and allow it to earn, you know, 20 percent or more on the on the funds that they have. And then they continue to roll them into the, the next project. Right. And I've been doing this for a long time. Like I've, I've got uh, like I did have some quotes from like my previous like investors. I, it's kind of too a little too salesy, but like I, I mean, I had some I had some quotes from like people that I've been investing with for over ten years, right? And then you know the type of um, the type of things that I've I've done with them. I don't know if I can put something like this up, but like you know. Um, Andrew, I mean, I started investing with him in 2011 and, you know, on the projects that he's invested with me, like he's made over 40% a year, right? So just imagine. And so you can imagine after a couple of years, your money is out. So then what really do you have? You haven't, you have the whole, uh, infinite return, right? <laughs> so the same with, uh, uh, this gentleman, Neil, who I bought uh, 11 unit building with last year, um, we we bought it for 1.3 million, uh, and uh, last week we got it appraised for 1.9 million. Beautiful. What does that mean? Yeah, it means Beautiful. that he just got a hundred. He just got infinite return, right? Yeah. And and. You know, and, and now he's that he's that capital allocator or or Paul. This one took a little bit. I usually promise three to five years um, because that's what I'm comfortable with. With with Paul, I, I you know, it was 2016. I thought, you know, it's going to take me five years to do. I was able to do it in four. You know, we refinanced. He got all his funds back plus an additional 50K. Right. So what do we have? We have infinite return. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So. What do you want to be? Do you want to be an operator or do you want to be a capital allocator? And um, if you want to be a capital allocator, there are lots of I, I'm not special like every, like other people are out there that, that do this, too. Right. Um, or do you want to be an operator? Do you want to be the person who's dealing with like the tenants who has like or has to build a team or a business around to deal with that? Like, do you do you want that? Um, and, and you have to decide. Right. You can do it. Anybody can do it. Right. It's just that you have to decide on where you're going to focus your time. I decided to focus my time on building that business out and I have a property management team. Right. Well, uh, we have, a, a, you know, I have a full time assistant that helps me with so much of my day to day stuff. You know, like I have a virtual assistant that helps me with so much other stuff that I I really don't want to do. Right. Like I have a team that that really helps me to to, to get things done. And, um, you know, you just have to decide. I I enjoy infinite return. That's what I enjoy. Right. And, uh, you know, 
it, it's kind of, and I enjoy like, I really do like real estate, you know, and I, and a long t- my, my wife has asked me many times, like, you know, Quentin, why are you still doing this? Like, y- you don't need to do this anymore. Right. Because I, I like, honestly, uh, when I left my job in 2014, I didn't have to do anything anymore, but like, I just continued to scale and grow and keep doing. And I am just not a person who's going to sit on the beach for more than like a week. Like, it's just not me. It's not my personality. Right. And um, there was this, um, I, I have, uh, I was part of strategic coach and strategic coach with Dan Sullivan is just a great yep. program and, and he talks about the unique having a unique ability yep. and you know I, without sounding like you know too conceited uh, my unique ability is uh, making deals happen with real estate like that is my unique ability I'm good at it it's like a, you know and if God gives you gifts you use them right what's the point yeah. of a gift if, if, God, if God gave it to you and you don't use it right? isn't that like worse than anything right that's squandering so yeah yeah I like it you become yeah. selfish and a gift is a gift is to be shared, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I help so many people by doing it. I help my partners. I help uh, the tenants have a good, like, I mean, our buildings are, are good. They're clean. They're safe. Right. Like I, I help so many people by doing, by using my gifts. Right. I, I educate people about real estate and I share my own trials and tribulations and tough things and, and hopefully help people to avoid them. Like, you know, I, I, I do all that. And, and, and sure, the benefit, like 80 million of assets under management is a pretty big deal. Right. But it, it's still, I'm still growing. Like I, I've got, like I've, it, to me, it's just a number. Like it's not, I'm, I'm still, I'm still just continuing to grow and learn and do new things. Like, I mean, that last, that 202 units, I challenged like the people, uh, the members of Durham REI, we, I, I think it was like in January or February, put a zero after the next deal you do, right? And just put a zero after it because then, you you know, you really take yourself out of the comfort zone and then you can accomplish even more than ever ever thought. Well, this last 202 units is a $40 million asset, really, that we're purchasing. That's putting wow. a zero. I'm doing what I asked them to do. And now I feel like that $40 million assets, I raised uh, like $6 million in like two weeks, right? And I, I didn't know that I couldn't do it because I just did it. Like I didn't think about it. I just did it. Right. And now if I go, I feel like I can do that again and again and, and I can do, do more. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's just making sure that this goes well and, and make sure that everybody is getting what they need from it. And then I can go back and we can do it again and we can maybe add another zero onto it. Right. Yeah. We'll just, yeah. Just keep going. Well, it's it's, yeah. Go ahead, Colin. Go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. No. Now, okay. Um, no. No. I'm going. You gave me the chance. Go. Yeah. You go. You go. <laughs> this will be quick. So, we, Colin and I often talk about you know when we're talking with other realtors and they want to go from something as simple as a hundred thousand dollars commission to two, four, six, seven hundred, or a million, and it's just like this. It's it like it becomes your new financial IQ or or the meaning. You now are dealing with $40 million buildings and assets. Now that becomes the new norm. Like that's the new normal conversation for Quentin and his team every day, 
right? Yeah. It's, it's that becomes really- your, now your, your, what was once your ceiling is now the basement. Now you're going to look at $40 million transaction as in, I did that already. I know how to do that. What is the next level? 400 million transaction. Yeah, and you know what? What makes a, a big difference for me too is that um, you know I uh, there's a, a group that I'm a part of across that for, there are real estate investors across Canada through the entrepreneur organization, and they're um, like they make me look small. Like one guy like picked up a thousand units in the last three months and i was like man i can't be in this group and just have like you know like i i gotta pick up my game i can't be in this room with these guys right like they like and it's it's really good it's good for me because you know like i'm in a room with people where i feel like if i have a question or i have a problem that that i can ask them uh, anything and I'll be able to solve the problem. Right. And these guys, like they're like, they are some of them, you would recognize their names for sure. And, and it's really cool that you can, you can do that. And I don't think, you know, like having people around you that push you like, or, or even explain to you mental models or frameworks, like your, you know, that horizontal income is a a mental model, right? It's not something that everybody understands, Um, you know, scaling and, and, um, you know, assets under management or different fee structures, they all come from, you know, knowledge that other people have already, you know, experienced. And if you could have people that, that can, share that with you that you help them and then they help you and make it a you know um like a not just a a receiving thing but a giving thing it it becomes beautiful like there's nothing that can stop you there's so much that you can do right um i have so many great friends so many like in in real estate investing and outside of real estate too but you know i i i feel like I want to help them and they want to help me. Like, you know, we, we, we want to help each other because we're, we're, you know, we're here to like, why are we on this earth? Right? Like we're, we're, we're here to, to make a difference, to change, to, to grow, uh, to learn. And, uh, and I think that's great when you can find groups of people out there and, and create your, create a tribe or, you know, you know, learn with other people. It's just amazing what you're able to do and, and achieve. Right. Now, Quentin, Quentin, you mentioned, because uh, there's a few things you mentioned there. Here you are in a group where you're feeling like, you know, the smallest guy in the room compared to all these giants. And there's the old saying, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So constantly, you know, you're surrounding yourself with people who are pushing you, who are challenging you to think bigger. And this is where you mentioned uh, the importance having that group, having that tribe, um, having that uh, program where you can plug in, where people challenge your thinking. Now, how has that helped you to build? Because I think I, we've seen on the screen you have what eight streams of incomes, eight stream of income so far. How has being in groups like those and being in environment like those? allowed you to you know push beyond your comfort zone to build a bigger life for you ultimately impacting more people around you yeah that's really an interesting you know what 
Um, if you look at me where I started from, you know, like we came to Canada and, you know, came with nothing, right? Like we, uh, when we came to Canada, I was like three years old and, um, you know, we, we stayed in somebody's basement, like actually underneath the stairs in somebody's basement when we came to the country. Like I remember, um, you know, just like growing up in the eighties in, in Toronto, man, and being Brown, it was not the the best experience i gotta say right um bathurst and finch leslie and finch you know just just a lot of uh trials and tribulations and you know I think that it built character in me and, and the ability of, of not giving up, you know, like, I mean, I, um, in grade two, I had three paper routes, man, and I got robbed twice, <laughs> you know, uh, but it like, like who robbed somebody on their paper route? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it, it, it happened. And I got, I got robbed. I was selling chocolates for, you know, volunteer, like, you know, for my school. Right. And I, I got robbed from my, my chocolate money. Right. But it doesn't, it never stopped me. It never stopped me. I never, I never said that this is good. Like, I, I don't want to give anybody the, like the benefit of, of saying that, you know, you did something to me and that stopped me from doing it because it was, you know, it's your fault. It's not, it's not anybody else's fault. I am ultimately responsible for me and whatever I do. And I, and, you know, I, I, I don't accept, I don't accept can't, like I can't do it, you know, or it's not possible. You know, it, it's really about, you know, um, and surrounding yourself with people that, that help you to do that. And, you know, it's, it's avoiding the negative people who are always saying, oh, you're not going to be able to do that. Man, I ran a marathon. Okay. I ran a marathon. Yes. You I, if you looked at me, like three years ago, there's no way you would have thought that I could run, run a marathon, okay? Like, you know why? Because I don't accept can't. I don't accept it's not possible. I don't accept you, you're not going to be able to do it, right? Everybody has the ability. Everybody, all you have to do is change your mindset and you change your life, right? Change your peer group and you change your life. There's there's so much out there and there's so many good people, right? You just kind of find them and, and, and make sure that they're, they become part of your inner circle, right? And if you can make those those good people part of your inner circle, the, there's amazing things will happen, right? Just don't, you know, blame, I think, blame is giving other people control, right? And I don't give anybody else control. It's me. Like I'm the I'm I'm the captain of my ship. You know, I I, I choose the destiny. I choose where I go. I choose yes. what happens to me, right? And I think that everybody can make that choice. It's I'm not special. Like you know, like it, it's everybody. Everybody has the ability. It, they have it inside them. They just have to find it. Yep. Well said, well said. And it's funny because I hear you saying a lot of that. And I'm also hearing Earl Nightingale. And I also notice an Earl Nightingale book behind you. So um, well, well, well said, well said. Beautiful. Yeah, thank so, you. Yeah. Um, Colin, we've kind of run over typically the time when we do our little um, I know, rapid I know. fire. Let's so do it. either we do it or throw it out. I say we do it because this is Quentin D'Souza, my friends. We got to do it. <laughs> All right. <Back laughs> we, got, 
number two, and I didn't even bring silly stream. That's <laughs> true. It's true. Okay, hang on a second. I got to We uh, we got to set this up properly here. That's good enough, right there. Okay, so as as you know, let's play a little music in the background here. Um, these questions, these are important questions, Quinton, because they are incredibly serious. And you know that that's not true because that's not how we roll around here. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Let's see where these answers take us. And I'll try to, I might, we might even ask one or two from the last time and then revert back to see if it's the same answer. Okay. First question. Easy, easy peasy. Favorite season of the year. Oh, oh I thought this was an easy question. Fall, 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 fall. I love the leaves changing. I love uh, uh, seeing, uh, taking a walk in the fall. Not too hot, not too cold. Okay, very good. Um, A place you most want to travel. Ooh, place I most, I would love to travel to... Uh, Fiji again. I'm actually working on my citizenship. So, um, uh, like I was born there, right? And so I'm, I'm working. And funny enough, apparently Fiji is like a tax haven. Who knew? Really? Well, we, we need to talk about that after. Yeah, this just <laughs> opened up a whole like the, you know, new like, conversation. Yeah, the Asian cut. Anyways, like apparently, you know, down here we've got like the South America out there. It's like, you know, Polynesia and stuff. So nice. Nice, nice. Okay, a little bit more serious. Uh, who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, Christina Applegate. Ah, there we go. Well, yeah, hands down. Yeah, I yeah. think I had the poster, you know, in my uh, in my bedroom for sure. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, favorite junk food? I favorite. saw cookies in a slide before, so. Yeah, cookies are probably uh, up there. I I like pretzel chips, though. Pretzel chips are good. Okay, not bad. I don't know what it is. So speaking of pretzel chips, because that's something you would typically dip into into something, is double dipping at a party. Yeah, double dipping at a party ever acceptable? Oh, I don't don't care. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Give me a break. I love it. I (laughs) love it. (laughs) Like, come on. I don't know. Nice, nice. Whatever. Be Whatever. worried about okay. that. You're gonna. You're, something else is gonna happen to you too. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we have immune system. That's the best for answer. That. Yeah. That's the okay. Best answer. I'm turning the music off. This is a serious question. Okay. Are you ready for it? Lean in. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, name one of the seven dwarfs. Sleepy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Ah! We knew that was coming. We knew something was coming. We knew something was coming. I got turned black and white. I don't know. I guess I'm on the right podcast. Nice. You're on the right podcast. Yeah, you you found yourself in the right podcast. Okay. Uh, That's that's good. That's good for the rapid fire for today because how do you how do you leave that? Beautiful. So actually, so going back to the seven dwarfs, out of all the podcasts we've done, only one person has named somebody different. Everyone else is named Sleepy. So you are in very good company because that's where everybody else lands. (laughs) But do you want to be in that company? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Well, it could be Dopey. Dopey would be the other one. That would be my yeah. choice number two, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think that was our other choice. So that's that's in second with only one guess is Dopey. Funny enough. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough. Okay. So obviously you don't start off by buying big apartment buildings. From, right. you, from your journey, let me rephrase that. Your journey. You didn't start off buying apartment buildings. Um, you started buying, you know, single family homes, converting them into duplexes, and then one thing leads to another. But what the the point that I'd love to talk about and, and get out from you is, it's no different in, in a sense. It's just a scale of economy. Going back to that phrase, when we're looking at analyzing the property, perhaps some of the projects that we're looking at, and that whole. Um, tenant or customer experience you're it's still the same thing right quentin am, am i not wrong there yeah i mean it's similar I, I think that there are some um some differences on how do you how you approach things and how you evaluate things and and how um pro, like properties are evaluated like if you if you looked at apartment buildings you're not really using the comparative approach um you're using an income approach which is different from the one to four unit properties right so like uh, mm-hmm. the comparative approach is you know a prop you have a you have a property next door sells for eight hundred thousand therefore my property is worth eight hundred thousand whereas in apartment buildings you know net operating income t- uh, multi- divided by cap rate gives you the value of a building it's more mathematical than it is um you know uh, what something else sells uh close by but i mean overall like the property management is similar um scale is always different right i have one roof and I have, you know, 40 people who have 40 different families that live under the one roof. So, like, it, it offers some scale differences. Um, one of the big benefits, though, is uh, refinancing. You get stuck and I, you get stuck big time in the one to four units uh, because you cap out. Um, you're not able to to get new mortgages. Uh, you uh, your the income that you have including the income that comes from the property prevents you from refinancing a property whereas if like with the multi-unit properties other than if you deal with cmhc but even when you deal with cmhc because there are ways to, to 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 work with them you can refinance a property again and again and again and in fact i've done that you know twice on like i'll give you an example on a six unit building you know um Bought it in 2018, 2019, refinanced uh, all my money out. And then in 2021, I got an additional 200000 from a refinance. I could not do that in a, a single family home or a duplex. It's just not possible. But the the um, property supported it, right? And, it, and it's all about numbers. So it, it is different that way. But you're right. Like, you got to start somewhere. I suggest people start in the one to four unit space for sure. Um, it's, a, it's a great place to start. And it's a good place to accumulate uh, um, uh, assets and, and create that good asset base that you can draw from. And then if you decide to be a capital allocator, you can always talk to me. <laughs> well said, well said. Now, I know we're, we're coming up on time, but um, I want to make sure we, we answer this question. Whether it's a one to four unit or a 202 unit building, uh, what are the basic fundamentals that you're seeing 
for for both whether it's a single family your first investment or you know your 80th investment what are the fundamentals right. that you're looking at as an investment investor so we're referring to this 202 units right so yes. yeah like the, the fundamentals have to do with the location of the property. You, it has a lot to do with the population growth. It has a lot to do with uh, the fundamentals of the area, um, whether people are, are, are leaving or coming there. I am I'm, I'm really not thrilled about dealing with these small tertiary markets, like really out there in northern Ontario. I think that there's, you know, there, there can be some issues that come with that. You have to be very careful. You have to know what's going on. You you want all the fundamentals to be there in the market that you're dealing with, whether it's one to four unit properties or 20 or 30 unit properties, right? The, those are some of the big kind of picture ideas that you that you want to keep in mind. Um, you want to have a variety of uh, ways that people earn income. If, if the mine closes down and that's the only you know source of jobs for the town, what's going to happen? It's not going to be a very pretty site, right? And um, and so you have to be careful. Uh, so just uh, keep that in mind. And I think if you're working from a fundamentals perspective, um, you know, I think that you should be okay. And that that's true for one to four or you know, two hundred units, right? Yeah. Well said. Well said. Beautiful. Okay, Thank so you, we we got about two minutes to go and lost the jam in in two minutes. And and at, talking going back to the wealth allocation and a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll say to themselves, and I want to make sure it's you know very clear here on the podcast. You know, I, I want to invest in the the two hundred unit type buildings or bigger buildings, eighty unit buildings, but I don't know how. Well, what Quentin's kind of laying out here, what we've talked about in the past, many people like we don't do it alone. We do it with a team, no. right? And whether that's, you know, your property management team, your your power team, as it's once been called, but, but also from the investor side, there's many people out there that are in a position to provide the funds to buy these types of assets. And that's what we're talking about here, right? Quentin is is finding that right type of team member who's going to lead the charge, like a Quentin D'Souza, for instance. Uh, to He's bringing all the expert uh, expertise, sorry, putting it on the table and and navigating that whole transaction, the management of the property and everything like that, Quentin. That is what we're talking about here, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you've got to decide for yourself because like... Well, sometimes we get lulled into this belief that that real estate investing is purely passive. Like we hear passive, passive, passive. And, you know, if you're the operator, it's not passive. It's I mean, it's easier when you're dealing with one unit, like a single family home. It's easier when you're dealing with a duplex. Right. Um, so it's easier that way. But as you like, as you do different strategies, like, for example, house flipping, house flipping is a job. Why? It's a job. Right. Uh, you can call it like maybe you can make a business out of it, but it's it's mostly a job. If you want to be on the, the more passive side than being a passive of partner in a project is probably the most passive you can get right the other 
even more passive than that would be investing in a REIT, but then you'd be getting like, you'd have a lot of fees on top of that and you're not directly having ownership in any building, right? So like, it just depends on what you're, what you're looking for, but um, you have to decide for yourself what that, you know, what that looks like for you. Every, like you can build a team and do it yourself for sure. Right. Um, you know, how do you get, how do you do that? Well, you find other people who are doing it already and you, you know, you try to uh, offer them help or you try to figure out, you know, where they get, you know, ask them for a referral on a, for a, a realtor, like a, a good realtor can, can help, help you do so much, right. To, especially to get started, um, you know, uh, and then, um, have them refer you to a, their, like a mortgage broker or something thing like that like you you can ask for referrals you can ask for give me a good book right to, to get started there are lots of places to go and and things to read to, to, to help you um and uh, you know there's uh, there's so much available online you got to be careful though there's a lot of i find there's a lot of things that are that are on youtube and stuff like that and they just it's just somebody who has one building and then all of a sudden they're they're like the the biggest the expert in the world yes. yeah the guru of everything listen I, i'm no guru right i'm learning i and i i continue to learn all the time right i i'm a i am a uh, I'm a student, right? That's that's what I am. If you want to call me something, call me you know a student a student of real estate investing. <laughs> well, and that's important you say that too because what I think what people are drawn why people are drawn to you is you are a student because you are continuing to you know uh, raise your lid and, and so forth because you want to help and share share others, but you can't do that if you're not continuing to learn yourself, right? Like you've got to immerse yourself uh, to keep learning. So good good on you for doing that. Quinton, okay, it's right there on the screen, but how do people do get a hold of you? What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Um, well, if you, if you want to email me in uh, info at getrealwealthy.com, uh, do you like that URL? I thought that I was do. Kind of- <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I missed that. Say that one again. I missed it. <laughs> info at getrealwealthy.com. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Good. And then uh, uh, if you if you want to do a partnership fit call, it's uh, passivepartner.com. And we can uh, we can talk. Uh, we'll set up a fifteen minute call and see if we're a good fit together. Now, I I don't partner with everybody that I talk to. Just it's just from experience. It's not the. There's some people that I just don't want to work with. <laughs> well, I, and fair. I have the yeah I have the privilege to be able to do that now. But I I definitely don't partner with everybody I talk to. Fantastic. All right. Beautiful. That wraps up another amazing podcast of the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast, of course. And Quentin, always, always a pleasure. Yeah, and the sometimes brown. That's right. Here we go. There you go. There you go. Sometimes Brown, the not so black and white and sometimes Brown podcast. That's Quinton D'Souza. You know how to get a hold of him. Uh, so for Colin Campbell, I'm Gary McGowan. We'll see everybody on the next podcast. Uh, bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to click the subscribe button so new episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. Please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. Now go make it an amazing day for somebody.